This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Father, thank you that we can come together as a family and just continue to grow in the life that you have set before us. Thank you, Father, as we work according to this fresh start, Father, that decisions that we've made, that we will keep to those. For those that have made uh, some changes in their life, Father, I pray that they are able to stick with those. Even when it feels like they don't want to do it or when they feel like it, thank you, Father, that you continue to drive them and encourage them. And as we, we learn about putting you first in our lives this morning, I thank you, Father, that too we will also put things in place in our house, put things in place in our lives. Thank you, Father, for bringing things to our attention this morning and for giving us the courage to take the necessary steps. Father, we know the life you, you have for us is incredible, and we just want to walk in that, and we thank you for helping us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, how many of you realize that we're already halfway through January? So what does that mean? It means when you send an email tomorrow morning, you don't have to start with compliments of the season anymore. You can pack that greeting away, just like you did your Christmas tree at the end of Christmas, okay? You can just get on with it now, because we are well into 2020, and we kicked off this year with a fresh start theme, and Pastor Johnny taught you about beep, beep. How many of you can relate to beep, beep? How many of you were here with that? So what are we talking about when we say that? We're talking about, come on, let's get a move on. If you're at the robot and the, and the light is green, it's good for you to go, but there's someone in front of you and they're, they're preoccupied with other things in their lives when they should be looking at the light and doing what the light says. You want to just encourage them because there are places that you need to go. There are people that you need to see. There are life-given lives that you need to live out. Amen? And so uh, as we continue on with that, this morning I want to uh, speak to you a little bit about God time. In the same vein of saying, come on, let's get a move on with what God has for us. I want to share with you a couple of things concerning putting God first in our lives and just provoke your thinking and have you do a bit of introspection and look at your life since it is the beginning of a new year and we've decided to take a fresh start. Let's see if we can implement some things in our lives because you know what the truth is this. Many of us, we know exactly what we need to do. We just don't do it. And so sometimes we need a bit of encouragement. We need a little a horn behind us just giving us a little beep beep so that we can get a move on and, and walk in what it is that God has for us. And so I believe this morning we'll continue on with that. And I'm just giving you a little bit of a shove by the Spirit of God in, in the direction that you need to go. So see, this is God talking to you and saying, hey, what about this in your life? What about that in your life? Have you thought about this? Have you stood back to consider that? This is how I want you to perceive this morning. You see, the thing is that we expect high results in our lives. We have goals that we are working towards and, and great things that we want to achieve, but our habits perhaps are sitting at the bottom here. And so we're, we're out of balance in that respect. We want good things to happen. We have plans to go places, to see things, to accomplish uh, things, but our habits are not matching these goals. And, and, and if, if I can just quote Stephen Covey, he says this, if we keep doing what we're doing. We'll keep getting what we're getting. So if you want to reach these high goals and these aspirations and even the things that God has placed inside of you, there are some habits that are going to need to change. Because if you don't change this side, this place will always just be pie in the sky, up there, unattainable. But don't worry, God's got your back. 
This morning, he's going to encourage you, and he's going, to, he's going to help you to consider certain elements in your life. You know that Jesus, the central theme, the premise, really, of his message when he was on the earth and he began to teach was that. His message was that we need to repent. He spoke about repentance. Repentance was his central theme. And, and we heard last week from Pastor Andre that the definition of repentance is not about running up to somebody who we perceive to be a sinner and saying to them, you need to repent so that you can come into the kingdom of God. That's not the repentance that Jesus is talking about. It merely is talking about changing the way that you think. When Jesus came into this earth, he was saying to people, listen, it's time that you change the way that you see God. It's time to change the way that you do life. And that's what he was talking about when he mentioned repentance. He goes on in Matthew chapter 3, verses 2, and he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He's saying, guys, you need to change the way that you're doing things. He's saying that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's here for you now. It's not something I'm suggesting that you do in a couple of hundred years from now, like there's a shift coming, and when that shift comes, you need to get on board. No, he's saying that the kingdom of heaven is at hand now. Change the way that you do things. Change the direction that you are moving in. And so um, he was coming alongside people, really, Jesus was, that were stuck and putting the beep beep on them as it were. And he is saying to them, you can change right now. You can do it by getting a new king. Jesus is saying you got the wrong king. If you are the king of your life, you're going to find out pretty soon that you don't make a very good king in your life. That's why he's talking about the kingdom of God is at hand. He's saying, guys, let's get a new king. Let's focus on the true king. The one king who knows how to manage your life far better than you will. And if you will allow him to do that you will find the joy that we heard about last week. You will find that that joy becomes an everyday experience for you. Amen? God wants to help us get a little unstuck. And that's what he's doing here this morning. The thesis for my message this morning is God time. And I'm saying that it's time to have more of God in our lives. Most of us, sitting in this room already born again. Most of us already have an element of God, some to a greater degree than others, but most of us have an element of God in our lives, else you would not be sitting here this morning. So the fact is you know God. You have a relationship with God. But the question is, does God have the right to all the areas of your lives? Does he have a right to all the areas of your lives? Because until he has them all, he is not going to be able to do his best work inside of you. That's his motive. He wants to do the best that he can for you, but he needs to have access into all areas of your life. Listen to what C.S. Lewis said about human nature and mankind and this, this pursuit that they have. He says, human history is the long, terrible story of a man trying to find something other than God to make him happy. And so that is what the human race does. We keep running around looking for things that will make us happy. Because how many of you would agree it's nice to be happy? Would you agree it's good to be happy? Amen. And so I like it. If I, if I get new things, that makes me happy. But, you know, unfortunately, I can't be running around all the time looking for new things. I can't buy clothes every day for myself to make me feel happy. But I know that if I just live the life that God has for me, that that should be fulfilled for me. 
without a new set of clothes hanging in my cupboard. And that's really what God is about. So my question is, uh, right, you are saved. You're born again. You know that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You've got that covered. Lord, you know, I know that if I were to die, heaven would be my eternal destination. I'm so glad that I'm going to miss hell and I'm going to spend eternity in heaven with you. So that aspect of your life, you've got covered. Maybe there are some here this morning that already have a good prayer time with God. Maybe there are some of you here this morning that have a great habit in your life of spending time in the Word. But there are other areas in our lives we can all always improve in our relationship with God. There are always things that we can improve on in our lives. And, and that's the walk that we have in Christianity in any case, is God pointing things out to us as we move along. I mean, this will not be the last time you hear a message like this this morning. Because we need to have a reset every now and then. Amen? So, are we putting God first in every area of our lives? Listen to this uh, out of the book of Romans, chapter 13, verses 11 and 14. It says, make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-by-day -day obligations that you lose track of the time and doze off. This is in the Bible. So it's possible that we can lose track and doze off. And what can we lose track of? We can be oblivious to God. And this can happen without us even being aware of it. It just sort of slips away from us as the busyness, busyness of life overtakes us. But God's saying here this morning, don't uh, be absorbed with these things that are exhausting you. He's saying, dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. Say, God is doing something. And God's saying, be up and awake to that. He goes on and says, God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began when we first believed. So what God is saying is, he's saying, yes, you've given your life to me. You've, uh, my spirit has entered yours. You've become alive again. Your name has been written in the Lamb's book of life. But he's saying, don't let it stop there. That's just the beginning. He's saying that they, uh, he's busy doing a work in us. God has a work that he's doing in you. And that work will never end until the day that you stand and look at a big set of gates that are made out of pearls. Up until then, God is continuing to do a work in you. Amen. So then he goes on. He says, we can't afford to waste a minute. We must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence and in sleeping around and dissipation, in bickering and grabbing everything in sight. In other words, getting busy with everything that doesn't matter, getting busy with every other kind of distraction in this world. He says this, he says, get out of bed and get dressed. Yes, please get dressed. Get out of bed, get dressed. Don't loiter and linger waiting until the very last minute. Dress yourselves in Christ is what God is saying. Get him to be the center of your life and be up and about. How many of you are list to be up and about in this world or in this year? Amen. So I want to give you a phrase that I want you to think about right now just for a moment. Think about this. The moment you put God at the center of your life, you will have great joy. Think about that. The moment you put God at the center of your life, not at certain areas, not at the middle of one or two areas that suits you better, but the moment you put him at the center of your life, you will have great joy. You see, this thing, this moment, it requires a decision to happen from our end. 
So that moment can only happen when you decide for that moment to happen. But when you do make that decision and put God at the center, you will see the joy that will come into your life. And so I want to talk to you this morning almost as if I were your coach. Now, I am not your life coach. I am not the one who gets to, I'm not your parent, okay? But if I were your parent, if I were your coach and I were given the liberty of not holding back on the punches, just shooting straight from the hip, Pastor Andre, if I were allowed to do that, here's what I would say. But remember, I'm not telling you to do this, okay? I'm not, I'm not your coach. But if I were, these are the things that I would speak to you about when it comes to putting God first in your life. The first thing I would say is that it's time to take control of my schedule. That's the first thing we should look at. It's time to take control of our schedule. If we were having coffee just one-on-one and we were talking about life and your plans for this year, I would say to you, show me your schedule. Let me see what you are prioritizing in your life. Let me see how much you're putting on your plate this year. I'm always amazed sometimes when I go to these buffets, I see sometimes how people can load a plate. That even, even uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the glass plate becomes pliable in that moment and it begins to sink because it's so, it's so loaded with, with food. Sometimes we do that with our lives. We're like, eh, I'm not going to have another opportunity. I better get hold of everything that I can right now. And you know, some people have the mentality that they've got two hands. So they can grab a hold of everything that comes their way in life. And they use that as the excuse to take on as much as they possibly can. And they end up causing their candle to be burnt at both ends. How many of you are familiar with that phrase, to burn the candle at both ends? How many of you have used that in your life before? Today, how many of you have said, Yo, you're sorry, the 15th, 16th of wherever it is, the middle of January, and I'm already burning the candle at both ends? Think about this for a moment. The reason why burning the candle at both ends is not a good idea is because the candle burns out quicker than what it is supposed to. So we have to look at our schedule. It's time to take control of our schedule. Time to bring some balance into our lives. Listen to what the Lord says in Ecclesiastes 4 verse 6. This is his way of putting a schedule together. He's saying, better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after wind. Yes, God has given you two hands, but he's saying it's better that you only have one handful and have peace in your life and less stress in your life than to grab a hold of life with both hands and find yourself burning out before you're supposed to. In Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16, it says this. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads. We can see New Year. The beginning of a New Year is one of the crossroads in our lives. He says, stand at the crossroad and look. Ask for the ancient paths. In other words, he's saying, take a moment, put pause on, and have a look at your life. Evaluate yourself. And uh, ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. It's important for us to evaluate our lives. And I love the fact that God brings up the word ancient paths. What's he talking about with ancient paths? You know what he's saying? He's saying, think about how your grandparents and your great-grandparents and your great-great-great-grandparents used to live. 
They didn't have television. They didn't have cell phones. They didn't have all of the myriad distractions that we have in our lives today. Their lives were simple. There are certain principles. There are timeless principles that, can, that we can learn from the ancient days. And if you were here and I were your coach, and you are here, and I'm, okay, I'm not your coach, but if I were, I would say to you, go to bed at a decent hour. I would have to say that to me too. That's something I have to change in my life. But go to bed at a decent hour and wake up at a decent hour. And, and don't be so rushed in your mind. Try and simplify your life. And see if the ancient days won't cause you to have rest for your souls. It's time for us to take hold of some things that we might term to be old-fashioned and reintroduce them into our lives and see the benefit of them. Certain things are timeless. So let me uh, uh, give you a, a recommendation as far as that is concerned. Just about the first thing you do in the mornings. My day used to begin like this. When I would wake up because my cell phone is next to me on my bed like I'm sure every one of yours is. And it's plugged into a charger, right? And so my alarm is on my cell phone just like yours is. And uh, my snooze button is there as well just like yours is. And my messages are on my phone just like yours are. And my notifications. And so I would take my phone, whoa, I lost my balance. You see, it's about balance, folks. It's so important. I mean, look what would happen if I lost mine right now. So anyhow, I used to look at my messages. I'd go straight to WhatsApp. That was my, my thing in the morning. And I decided last year already, I wanted to change that. I wanted to rather read the word, not because I want to be a great guy. Or I want to walk around and be able to boast about that. I mean, I've told nobody that except till this morning. But I wanted to read the word before I started with my messages and so on. And so that's something that I work towards. And, um, and so let me give you, and it's been great. Can I tell you that as well? It has been great. It's been fulfilling for me. It's not been for hours, I can tell you that much. And what I'm about to share with you is really not going to take a huge chunk out of your day, but it's somewhere that you can start with. So let's talk about the first 15 minutes of your day. If I were your coach and you showed me your schedule, I'd want to know how are you starting your day. And this is what I would advise you. Perhaps start your day with five minutes Reading the Bible. Just five minutes. That's not even a chapter. Just five minutes. And then when you're done with your five minutes, why don't you spend a bit of time in worship? Just five minutes. That's one song. And then after that, you can pray. And just pray for five minutes. Now, some of you are already praying for, for hours and are doing these things, and you're doing them very well, and, and you're comfortable in the way that you do them. But some of you are, are struggling with this. And, and you know what happens is sometimes we can be intimidated by the fact that people are doing it for so long and so on. Forget about the time. I mean, are we not talking about ancient paths? Time was not really a factor back in those days, okay? If they were going to the shop, it wouldn't matter if it took two days to get there. So forget about the time. Don't allow that to be something that's just like, oh, this mountain is just too big. I'd rather just not. And I don't, want, I don't want to get too religious about stuff, Paul. I, I, don't want to, I don't want to put laws in place for myself and so on. This is, you know, I'm, I'm free. I live in a grace uh, uh, dispensation. No, I'm saying just do 15 minutes. You know, for me, I take the scripture where God says that a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like one day. And I do a little bit of a change in that formula and I include that into my prayer time. So, you know, for me, one minute is like five hours and, and five hours is like one minute in my world. So if I'm just doing five hours, I think I'm spending a great deal of time with God. God. 
I'm just using his principle. It's working for me, and, and I believe God's okay with that. So don't pressurize yourself. But let's look at the first 15 minutes of our day and see if we can't make a change right there and then. What about the second thing that I would tell you is that it's time to regulate what I allow to enter my mind and my body. It's time for us to put filters on those gates into our lives. It's time for us to evaluate what is it that I'm listening to? I've noticed that certain music genres today that were around when I was young, which was really just the other day, but, um, you know, they've started to include a lot of language that just was around when I was young, but it wasn't in all the songs. What are you listening to? What are you considering to be okay? Because that's just the way people speak nowadays. What are you listening to as far as morals that are being carried across in the music that you're listening to? What are you clicking on? What are you watching on television? What are you, who are you spending time with as far as your friend circle is concerned? Which comedians are you listening to? It's time for us to regulate what we allow into our mind and into our bodies because that does have an effect on who you are. The Bible says this. It says in, in Corinthians chapter 10 verses 1, it says, uh, excuse me, in Corinthians chapter 10 verses 23, it says, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. Yes, you are a free agent and you have the right to make your decisions and choose the path that you want to walk, walk on and choose what you allow into your life. But God's saying not everything is beneficial. Just because it's legal doesn't mean that it's good for you. You know, Pastor Chris Hodges is a, a pastor in America, and he was saying that, you know, talking a, a, a about this subject, he was saying that every year they do a fast for 21 days, and uh, the church gets behind that, and this is what they do. They want to give the first uh, 21 days of their year to God. And, and he, he one time had a guy come up to him, and he said to him, this guy said to him, Pastor or Pastor, I really like this 21-day uh, fast that you guys are doing. I, I want to hop on board, Pastor. And he says, you know what it is that I'm going to fast, Pastor? marijuana and um pastor chris stood there he's like at, at first his breath was taken away he just stood, his eyes were wide and he, and he and he looked at the guy and he realized you know every one of us is at a different place in our walk with god in our lives and he just looked at the guy and he said praise god brother you've made a good decision and um you know if that if that's where you're at then that's where you're at but the point is that uh, you know it is time for us to make the necessary decisions. What is it that you're drinking when you come home from, from work? What, what, are you, what are you putting in your mouth when you're, you're stressed and you just need to calm down because of what Sonny and, and uh, Tilly did to you at work and what they said and, and the debtors that aren't coming in and so on? What are you doing to relieve that? It's time for us to regulate what we allow to enter our minds and our bodies. Look at Psalm 141 verses 4. It says, don't let me drift away or take part in acts of wickedness. Don't let me share in the delicacies of those who do wrong. I mean, if David had to pray this prayer, if David had to write these things down, then surely David also had to regulate what was going into his life. Even back then, when photographs were still in black and white. Here's something else that I would say to you. If I were your coach and I was able to just talk straight with you, it's time to organize 
my finances around God's principles. That's what I would say to you. And I would talk to you about finances because finances affect every one of our lives. It's, it's one of the biggest areas in our lives. When we look at the cards that we've prayed for this morning and whenever, uh, you know, with the Bible colleges that I deal with, I see the number one challenge that people have is finances. And so I would say to you that it's time for you to uh, take control of your finances. It's time for you to organize them in the God, uh, godly way, using God principles. And what are those? Give, save, live. Those are God's principles. And if we look at our finances and we begin to schedule our finances around that and we make this an important element of our lives and we don't just depend on our faith to try and get us through the end of the month every time where we can take control and make a difference, then I'm saying look at that and begin to implement God's principles. You know, we need to understand well, let me, let me put it to you like this. Uh, we have small groups here at the church. For those of you that, have, uh, that don't know what a budget is or, or don't know how to draw up an effective budget or you've drawn one up but yet to stick to that thing is a whole other ballgame entirely. We have groups here at the church that can help you with that. People who, who know what they're talking about. Professionals who can guide you in all aspects of your life. I know that I'm touching on, on finances right now, but whatever it is that has been said this morning or, or last week or, or an idea that you've had and you're not quite sure how to, how to carry it through, find out about the groups that we have here at the church and get involved and, and come alongside people that are like-minded. That would be a good way to start regulating what you allow into your life. Get good people around you that can speak godly things into your lives. Look at what uh, the Bible says here in uh, Matthew 6, 21. This is Jesus also talking about finances. And not just me. Jesus is also saying, he says this. He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, what Jesus is saying is the things that are precious to you. He's saying wh wh whatever those things are, those things that are precious to you, those that's where your heart will follow. So if we put our finances in line with God principles because finances are our treasure. They are important to us. God's saying when you do that, you're in any case going to move closer to him. So just to take control of your finances is a way and to, and to operate in this principle of give, save, live, you will move closer to God in any case. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 9 says, honor God with everything that you own. You see, if we get to the point in our lives where we understand that everything that we own is God's in any case, just the way that we think about it. Are you with me? Even if you wake up and say, Father, I just want to glorify you and I, and I honor you. Everything that I have is yours. Remember, we spoke about repentance up front. Change the way that you do things. And give God the first and the best of what you have. The fourth thing that I would tell you if I, if I had the opportunity to speak straight with you like a life coach or a parent, I would say to you, it's time to live your life intentionally. It's time for us to live our lives intentionally. You know, you're only going to get to where you want to go through disciplines in your life. Listen to this, this quote. You and I are not the product of our circumstances. We are the product of our disciplines. We can't blame our circumstances for where we are. We can change that. We can change the effect of what our circumstances are by putting disciplines in our lives. So for example, if you came to a message like this and there were certain little things that spoke to your heart, but you go away and do nothing about it, then what good did it do for you? 
If you want to get ahead in life, you have to discipline yourself. And you know, the thing about discipline is doing things that you need to do even though you don't feel like doing them. That's the thing about a discipline. But if you keep to your disciplines and you keep, number one, you may begin to even like it. But secondly, you will see the fruit of that. Look at what the Bible says about sluggards in Proverbs 20 verses 4. It says, sluggards do not plow in season. So at harvest time, they look, but they find nothing. Sluggards don't put disciplines in their lives. Sluggards don't go out and bother to harvest, uh, to plow the fields and plant the seed, to do the necessary in order to see the harvest. And when they go out, they say, where's my harvest? But they weren't prepared to be disciplined to get the seed in the ground. Whatever it is that God has even spoken to you about that he wants you to do, there will be disciplines you have to put in your life in order for those to be fulfilled. I like what John Maxwell says about his, his disciplines, his rule of five. He says that he likes to, every day, he does this. He spends time with God in prayer. He studies God's word. He uh, loves those closest to him. He makes a difference in someone's life, and he takes care of himself. These five things he tries to live by every single day, in whatever capacity it may be. The point is that he has disciplines in his life. And we should do the same. Now, none of these things that we've spoken about can happen unless the following three also take place in your life. Number one, you need to know your purpose. If you don't know your purpose, what will drive you in this world? What will drive you in this life? So I want to encourage you, find your purpose. It's important. Without purpose, there is no why for you to work towards. And at Christian Family Church, we make that opportunity more than overly available for you to find out what your purpose is. And I encourage you, get onto growth track. Find out what your purpose is. Get that drive. Get the direction you need from God. And secondly, you must have a plan. As I said earlier on, it doesn't help that we're telling you all these things, but you don't go home and sit down and put a plan in place. Like, okay, we're going to we'll call the family around. Right, we're going to change some things here in our family today. Or call your wife or call yourself if you live alone and just sit in front of a mirror if you need to and say, right, these are the things that I'm about to change my life and write those down. Put some plans in place. Organize your finances. And the third thing is that you must have accountability. Find someone that you can be accountable to. The Bible says this. Look at this great scripture. It says in Ecclesiastes 4 verses 9 to 10, it says, two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. Two people are better than one. Find someone. If you want to start some sort of a prayer uh, uh, thing just by yourself, find someone you can be accountable to, to say, hey, uh, I was able to spend that time in prayer or you know, I wasn't able to today or what have you. Whatever it is, if you want to work a, a, a budget, if you want to improve your financial situation, find people that you can be accountable to. If you're having problems with the things that you're clicking on, find someone that you can be accountable to. Because clearly, if it's still a problem for you now, just doing it on your own is not working for you. Let me end with this a great quote from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He says, faith is taking a step even when you don't see the whole staircase. You don't have to see the full picture to move forward. Faith is taking one step even though you can't see the whole staircase. And as you take that step, God is there with you. Next step, God is there with you. Next step, is he going to be there? Yes, he is. He's there with me. And that's how God wants you to approach this. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. Father, we commit our lives to you, and we thank you, Lord, that you help us in these decisions that we need to make. 
Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 